You've got the Pod Clinic with Murph and the Cashman. All right, welcome to the Pod Clinic with Cashman and the Murph. I'm Rich Cashman Jones, and I'm here with Jeff Murphy. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever it may be, Mr. Murphy. Wherever it applies, I guess it's all relative to where you're sitting. It's all relative. That's what they say. That's you know. That's a, that's, that's your fingers do to walk in. That's it. That's also the philosophy at Kentucky family picnics. It's all <laughs> if you happen to be from West Virginia, yeah, you know, the, it's all relative. <laughs> all right. So what well, we're here to talk. It's a pod clinic. We haven't done it in a couple about a week and a half. So we got to catch up on what's going on. Lots of MMA news and uh, lots of other things to talk about as well. But we're going to jump right off into it. With, well, I want to talk about this UFC on Fuel 2 coming up. and that's, right. that's this weekend, this weekend, and UFC on Fuel 2. It's the second one on Fuel, and this one is the one we have to pay for now if we want to get, if we don't have Fuel already. Yeah, that's got to change. I mean, I know they got a lot of rigmarole with these uh, tiers of your cable, and I know the NFL Network's fighting a fight over it, but they got to fix that. You know, that, uh, that's, uh, I, you know, there's other stuff on there besides the UFC, like, Dingo and the Baby or whatever that show is, <laughs> but it's uh, I, I don't see why you can't make that part of uh, you know some more affordable pack. I think the pack is only like eight bucks, but still, we can't be missing uh, events because of that. And of course, the main event of this whole thing it's called UFC Fuel on Fuel Two, Gustafson versus Silva. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that so he kind of gives you an idea. That's what they've been subtitling them lately is the main fight, you know, on these freebie TV shows and. I will say one thing. We haven't seen any UFC on TV since early March. Yeah, well, right. There was that night where it's back-to-back where it was uh, FX out of Australia with Uncle Creepy and Mighty Mouse. Strike Force. Yeah. yeah, and then Strike Force the next night with Rousey and Tate. It's weird because, like, you know, back in the day you'd go four months between events and then it became a month and then it was so fast and furious there for a while that now... The month and a half or whatever it's been, month and a week, maybe it just it feels a lot longer. It's been over a month. I think it was March 3rd was the last one. Yeah. So we're, we're talking, uh, yeah, it's been a while, and we've got a whole slew of them coming right after this one starts this weekend here when UFC uh, on Fuel 2. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. So let's go get the, the, the breakdown of the of the card. We'll, I'll just I'll pick the top four five, uh, matches, good. okay? Got the, uh, and we'll start here with the, the Pauly Tiago versus CR. <sighs> got me on this one. Bada Ruzada. Dude, he's an Afghani that lives in like, uh, the Netherlands. So yeah, any guess is good on that one. Um, from my research, he's a, uh, he's a first time fighter. Um, again, Afghan Dutch. He was supposed to have a fight prior, but he got injured. But Paulo Tiago, of course, is the uh, Brazilian special ops guy. Had a nice little run. Beat, uh, you know, um, Josh Koscheck. He knocked Koscheck out. He was probably the last guy to make Koscheck look really bad. I mean, with the exception of like GSP, because he knocked him cold, and that was when Koscheck was first starting to claim he had all this stand up. And then Paulo Tiago knocked him out. He also knocked out uh, Jacob Volkman, who of course is the famous Obama anti-Obama fighter. Oh, who, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So if you're a liberal, I guess you love Paulo Tiago. But um, he rattled off a bunch of losses to Martin Campman, Diego Sanchez, John Fitch. So it, it, it's it'll be interesting to see what comes of this. Uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine on this Afghani kid. I haven't seen him fight, but uh, Paulo Tiago might be a make good fight for him. The whole time you've been talking, and I've been listening closely, but I've also been trying my best to pronounce his last name in my head. I'm going to take one more shot right, at it. C.R. Bahada Rosada. 
All right. Bahada Rosada. Barada Zabada. He might be like a wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. Or, wasn't, that what they, no. wasn't that what they said on the Lion King? No worries. Baruta Mabada. <laughs> Baruta Mazada. Yeah. It means Baruta no worries. Mazada. Simone and Tumba or whatever their names were. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, might have something going there. Maybe uh, so we can pass that on to the guys doing the play-by-play. Exactly. Uh, I also uh, the, another, the next match, Diego. I'm sorry, <laughs> not Diego. Dennis Seaver mm-hmm. versus Diego Nunez. Yeah, right. Uh, Nunez, uh, an up-and-comer. Seaver, of course, was on a great roll, beating George Sideropoulos, um, sort of reeling off some victories in a row, and then he looked bad, bad, bad against. Uh, Jungle Jim Whitesy's favorite fighter, Donald Cerrone, um, just got clean, clock clean pretty early. Seaver, uh, is a German fighter, and, um, I, I don't, I like him. Um, I, I don't think there's a ton of whole big flaws in his game. He's a pretty well-rounded fighter, but he did look bad against Cerrone. Um, Noons, again, up and comer. Uh, a lot of folks high on him. So this will this ought to be a good fight. Uh, could be the potential of Nunes just coming out and wiping Seaver up. I don't know what Seaver's mindset is after that, but, um, we'll, we'll see. Very good. Very good. I remember, I remember Seaver and yeah, he, uh, he was a victim to, uh, uh, the catcher for the Yankees, <laughs> uh, Cerrone's or Rick. Rick Cerrone's. <laughs> no, no. He was a little bit of a slappy hitter, but man, could he catch. He had that mustache, yeah. though, you know, that yeah. Captain Kangaroo mustache. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. I think he's one of the last guys to catch with a ball cap, too, and the mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He won one of them, you know. I'm sure it'll come back into, eventually into, uh, fashion, but not right now. Speaking of baseball, it just started, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exciting times, but, uh, okay, next up we have Brian Stan. Versus Alessio Sakara. Yeah, and um, Stan, of course, uh, we all know the All-American American uh, or not. You know, I don't know if that's trademarked, but he's <laughs> sort of the guy. WWE will come after you, man. That's it. Yeah, they'll, they'll make us change it to the sometimes American American or something. But Well, heck, they mentioned UFC on Monday Night Raw. Why not, you know? It, it cuts both ways. That's you right. Know? Borrow trademarks, you know? Sure. But, um, yeah, Brian Stan, uh, well-known, he's got, bouncing back, he had a run at 205, went down to 185. Who knows if he's been working with uh, Kale Sonnen, like uh, he said he was going to be uh, picking up some wrestling skills because that's where he was really deficient. But Stan, you know, Sakara's a guy that's been around for years, you know, since like 2005, had a bit of a, uh, a win streak, but then, you know, he became a bit of a journeyman. He has losses to Chris Weidman. Uh, Lieben, Houston, Alexander. And of course, he blew out his ACL, uh, before when his last scheduled fight was. That's why he's had a bit of a lull. But, um, I like, uh, Sakara, but I, I think this one goes to Stan. You say Sakara there looks, you know, he's a man bringing back the Franco Harris G.I. Joe beard. <laughs> you know, the, he, he, yeah. And only people from as old as I will know that G.I. Joe used to be one guy, mm-hmm. and he had a beard, and he, you know, he used to, he didn't have a bunch of guys named, you know, and there was no Cobra, Ooh. it was just G.I. Joe. And he was like out in the woods uncovering He had mommies. a Kung Fu grip, yeah, so, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, G.I. he's got that G.I. Joe Franco Harris beard, so I, I, I like him, he's actually got a nice run there, though, except he, anytime he faces a competition, he seems to lose. Right. Houston Alexander, Chris Lieben. Weedman, you know, there's, you know, but you know, I, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. I mean, he's in the semi-main event. Uh, and then we have, of course, the main event. That'd be Alexander Gustafson versus Tiago Silva. Is this Tiago Silva's last chance? Or, you, know? you got to figure, man. I mean, he had that that great performance against Brandon Vera where he broke his nose and, and and did look like a Superman, but he was on vitamin T. You know, they they popped him for steroids and. 
it's it's got to be getting down to you know him and Vera were both sort of let go either right after that or slightly thereafter and you got to figure the rope's not going to be too long. And it, it, this, of course, was supposed to be Hosurio Nagara, the little nag, um, but you know, uh, di- situation dictated otherwise. So we'll see. But um, Gustafson's a rising star. He has victories over Mechushenko and uh, Hamill um, last two fights, and he sort of sent Hamill home. Hamill, of course, looked bad against Rampage, and then had the fight against Gustafson where he didn't look so hot. But uh, Gustafson's one loss was to Phil Davis, who, of course, is an outstanding wrestler, Mr. Wonderful, on the Ultimate Fighter on uh, Team Cruz, helping coach those guys up. But uh looks like he's sort of figured out his wrestling deficiencies with wins over Hamill and Machyshenko. Yeah, so, well, it's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's his, his, he's on the rise, and Tiago Silva, we don't know where he is. He's the second guy that they're kind of feeding to a rising star, in my opinion, and it's like, you know, instead of having a steak with one of the nags, he's having a hamburger, but either way, it still gets him over the hump. Now, there's two belts, there's two fights also on the main card that we didn't mention. One was Demarcus Johnson versus John McGuire, mm-hmm. and the other one was Brad Pickett versus Domicio Page. Of the four pick, it's probably the most, uh, I don't even want to say the most famous, probably the most well-traveled. Uh, I call both those fights pick'ems. Uh, and you, you notice on the undercard is also Papi Abidi. They're putting a lot of these guys from Sweden, Denmark, Norway, uh, the Netherlands, whatever. They're all sort of putting them in there because this is sort of the first foray. And, of course, you know, even a guy I'm sure we'll talk about, Overeem, there is a, a rich tradition to that region and mostly with kickboxing. But uh, it is a UFC wild area. They sold out pretty quick. That's right. It's in, it's in actually, uh, the Ericsson Global Arena in Stockholm so you know and you know whenever they go to Brazil they put the they they, they stack the intercard with the Brazilians yep of course America they stack it with Brazilians <laughs> <laughs> just just Brazilians with uh, Anglo first names like yeah, the amazing thing is there's only three Brazilians on this this whole card which is shocking Jeez. I mean they're in Stockholm though you know I don't I think that's in the MMA world bylaws you got to have at least two and a half Brazilians and uh, they couldn't find a midget so they went, <laughs> went with a third well that that was you know this card is I mean it's okay it's you know you know for those people who have been hurting for more UFC. This is coming at the right time mm-hmm. because it's starting, it's starting the, the 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 big momentum build because we've got you know uh, UFC 145 just one week later. Mm. But but uh, why don't we take a break right now and then we'll come back. We've got some news. We do want to talk about 145. Uh, why not? You know, it's only been the, in the news for the past three weeks because this is becoming slowly but surely the most overhyped card I've seen in my life. You know. You know, I mean, and not a problem with that, you know, because the main event's going to be well worth it. But, uh, you know, of course, we're fans of Johnny Bones Jones. It scares us when he's against quality. And this, in Rashad Evans, is quality. This is probably the best opponent he's ever faced. And, you know, that even, and I know we're breaking, but it goes back to Machida beat Rashad. And uh, I I still, and Jones made uh, Machida look pretty bad. I still (laughs) think Evans... Over the course of time and what he knows about Jones and what he trained with him, I think this is his most dangerous opponent yet. Without a doubt. So we're going to be back after these most important messages. You're listening to the Pod Clinic with Murph and the Cashman. How's it going, Alan? That's a great T-shirt. Where'd you get it? It's my Pain Clinic T-shirt, the official T-shirt of the Pain Clinic Pro Wrestling Talk Show. I got it off their webpage. How can I get one? Well, you go to feelthepain.net and click on the T-shirt link. It's going to cost you $20 with the shipping and handling included. Remember, go to feelthepain.net. Get your shirt today. They're going fast. Yes! Lock and load! Lock and load! Bring on the pain! On and on to the break of dawn. On and on to the break of dawn. 
Hey, Pain Clinic fans, it's me, Jay-Z. You and I both know that wrestling fans are complex individuals with interests far removed from our favorite predetermined match sport. We love movies. We love comics. We love TV. I talk about all that and more on my new podcast, The Fanboy Tollbooth. Check us out on my website, fanboytollbooth.com, or just subscribe to us on iTunes. It's The Fanboy Tollbooth, navigating the highway of popular culture. One day while I was, I don't want to do this. What's that, Jose? I don't want to do this. I want to listen to the pod clinic. Every week, check out Murph the Cashman on the pod clinic. You can subscribe to the pod clinic on iTunes or go to facebook.com forward slash pod clinic. Murph the Cashman talks about the latest news in MMA, NFL, baseball, anything you want to talk about. It's the Pod Clinic with Mervyn McCash. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. All right, we're back on the Pod Clinic. With a little Hadaway, man. Yeah, good thing there's uh, foam on these mics or my head would be bouncing off of it. What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. You got a, a new friend I saw on Facebook. Dude, I found this nice uh, Canadian, uh, looks like Rainbow Bright all grown up, so I don't know. I'm kind of digging her. She's pretty neat. She got more piercings. Dude, I, I never was that guy until I became that guy. I'm like John Kerry. I voted against it until I voted for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 dude, if, if a chick looks like a big Rainbow Bright with um, you know, lip rings and eye rings and everything else, I'm kind of all about it anymore. Uh, you know, I can easily swayed myself. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that. I think Ashley Macero was the first one to make me kind of get into that yeah. bold bull ring. Thing. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy, man. The girls are uh, way into it. They kind of look like vampires, and I dig that. All right. Well, we're back on the pod clinic. That's right. You heard it, the pod clinic. We're doing it from our new studios, just designed for us by uh, some great designers. Uh, I will not. I will say one happens to be me. Yeah. Yep. I've kind of redesigned the studio, but uh, we are up and going, and we're going. We're back on a regular schedule. Hallelujah. That's all I gotta say. MMA fans rejoice. Hallelujah. Okay, we're gonna do some news before we do our we'll breakdown of UFC 145, which is coming. So one of the big things in news, and I'm not really, you, maybe you can enlighten me to this, but, uh, I, I just read this today that Nick Diaz is going to be fighting Brazilian Jiu Jitsu against a guy named Braulio Estima. Yeah, you know, it was rumored he was going to get one of the Gracies. Uh, it, it was on and off. This is one of those things that sort of isn't, um, doesn't fit his suspension. So it's just like when Ricky Williams got suspended by the NFL and went and played for the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's along the same vein. I mean, all these guys, you know, you can find great video of uh, Frank Mir and Nelson doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and grappling and all the rest. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, the wrestler, grapples. Sure. So it's just another element, just like, you know, you can see straight Muay Thai, <clears throat> pardon me, where two guys are doing Muay Thai, or you can see it incorporated into the mixed martial arts. Same thing with this. It's strictly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's something Nick can do. And he is an athlete, and I, I'm sure he's getting a couple bucks out of it, and it's it's a big name. Diaz is a black belt under the Caesar Gracie. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... Uh, but he says he hasn't accomplished, uh, he hasn't uh, competed in BJJ as they call it, BJJ. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in, uh, uh, sorry, in, in two years. But the interesting thing is, is the guy he's taking on, Braulio Estima, mm-hmm. he most recently defeated Ronaldo Jacare Souza in a super fight at the 2001 edition of the prestigious Abu Dhabi 
Combat Club Submission Wrestling Championship. And he won gold medals at the 2009 ADCC tournament in the 88 kilogram and absolute division. So this guy obviously is one of the best in the world. And uh, because Nick Diaz is waiting out to see what's going to happen with his suspension, yeah, because he apparently I think he's had a change of heart and he does want to fight again. You know, that's it, a gist I'm getting. If he's waiting out this, you know, for them to have a, you know, have a uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission hearing. Well, and he's staying active, and you know, he loves his triathlons and his bike races and his swimming and all that. But he's not doing that kind of stuff. Can't hit people when you're doing that, or swear at them, or spit on their managers. No, exactly not. You cannot do that. So um, he's he's staying in something a little closer to home, and. You know, uh, even Caesar Gracie had said, I'm, I don't know, I don't want Nick to retire. Dana said he doesn't want Nick to retire. I think the guy, you know, pulled a boner, hey, and, uh, he just realized he's gonna have to wait this out and see what happens. Uh, you know, and the big argument from everybody, from Joe Rogan especially, who's definitely into, you know, altering his mind state is, <laughs> if, if you can, if you can do testosterone replacement, how come you can't do weed, you know, if if you're not going to be high going into the fight? And, you know, people say different things. They're like, oh, if you're high, it could be beneficial. If you're high, it would not be a, a beneficial. You know, everybody I've ever seen that's high in a fight has sort of gotten their clock clean. So I just think it's more to chill out his anxiety and yeah, all that. Yeah, and he, you can tell he's got anxiety issues. You know, I mean, he definitely, you know, I mean, he doesn't look normal, you know. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but, I mean, right. obviously you can see he has anxiety issues. Totally, and he's not the biggest people person. He's always sort of looking off into the, the corners when you you watch him get interviewed. And I say if you can do a therapeutic use testosterone, which could also, if the levels are high, like 14 to 1, <coughs> horse meat over him. And uh, <laughs> if you can do weed and have it the day before the fight to chill you out and you're not high going into the fight, what's the difference? It's true. You know, in fact, if anything, they say it slows down your reflexes so it's a disadvantage to you going into you know some people say yeah he smokes weed so he won't feel no pain it's right. like I, I i'll give you guys a clue i, I smoke weed before dudes and it hurt it, you can hurt yourself you can bang your head in things and you can Crash close the door on your arm yeah. and bang your head into the car door Pain is pain, you know. I mean, you know, he's not Roy Nelson. No, Roy Nelson feels no pain. <laughs> right. You know, if you're Roy, it's all good. But yeah, with with uh, with right, you can get high and definitely still get hurt. The thing is, is you also can be smart about it too. And there's these things called Chemiclean or whatever they call them. You can get them at your vac, your vitamin card outlet, factory card, whatever it is. You can go buy stuff there, and it's just a bunch of uh, vitamins that just clean your system out. Right. You know, so you don't have to worry about post-fight getting, you know, busted for this, you know? Well, and that's just the thing. And I remember, you know, as a kid, and I, uh, I'm i in the process of looking for a job, and, you know, everybody gets uh, drug tested for their job. I understand that. But, you know, that's the thing. It's, uh, you, you know, I remember when I was a kid, it was like drink pickle juice, or it was drink uh, four gallons of tea and a yoo or whatever the hell, you know, they tell you to do for you. Yoo-hoo, huh? Yeah, buddy. That'll clean you out. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is a bizarre sort of situation. And everybody says, well, the difference is, you know, TRT is legal and weed isn't. Well, steroids is illegal. You know, it's all this category one, category five, whatever drugs. Um, I think, I think they should probably just let it be because I think that's their big argument is, oh, it's illegal. But, you know, what are you going to do? True, true. So, and, you know, and, and well, you know, and we do want to see Nick Diaz fight again. I mean, as much as he, you know, as he whines and complains about every decision, whether he wins or loses, yeah. you know, I would like to see him still take on George St. Pierre. I don't care. I don't care if he lost to Condit or not. Yeah. I mean, he, Condit did not bloody his face beyond belief. 
I think George St. Pierre might be able to do that, oh, but yeah. I, I don't, you know, we'll see. We'll see when that, when, when, it, when it, whatever happens, he's going to have a, uh, probably, a, like I said, a hearing soon, and then they'll figure out how long his suspension is, and maybe they'll just, you know, you know, I mean, it's decriminalized in California. He probably could fight in California with no problem. Yeah, but probably. But, they, but that's what they don't want. They don't want to do, unless he, because Nevada, Sets the standard for everybody else. Well, right, and then the commissions don't want to be the one that's letting you sneak by. And yeah. you know that's the thing. There is a fight for Diaz. If, if Con, you know either with GSP or Conda in a rematch, there is a fight for him to be had after those two fight, unless George like completely cleans Carlos's clock or. You know, if Carlos beats George by a knockout, great. Then that makes the Diaz fight even that more enticing. So he'll, he'll be fine. It's just a matter of wait and see. And this is what he's doing with his free time. Yeah, that's true. And you know, yeah, let him do it. And, I mean, we've seen uh, who was it that went? It was it Anderson? Someone went down uh, by in a, in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, right after he had won too. Who was it? Someone just recently. Mm. I can't remember who it was, but one of the UFC guys got oh got taken down. Uh, oh, you know who it was? It was. Um, uh, who beat uh, Shogun last? Who uh, uh, Henderson? Yeah, Henderson Hendo. Oh, he was in. He was rolling around. Yeah, it's, uh, he was. It's, it was right like, two weeks after it, and he uh, he went and he. It looks like he was doing a um, uh, uh, what do they call it? An exhibition. Yeah, and and he got taken down, and he lost the he lost the BJJ fight. Well, you know the other thing um, also that was sort of famous for a while was between fights. Fedor would do that sambo, which um, you know not the dance of love, but <laughs> yes. the, the, the sambo, which is the big sport in um, the Ukraine and the USSR and all those uh, funky Eastern Bloc joints. And they right, they'd have these exhibitions in the middle, and you'd look bad. I mean, Diaz and Strike Force, when Strike Force was still its own thing, they were going to let him box in the middle. So. It, you know, you got these other disciplines, and you want to stay sharp with them and whatever. But right, you can sort of lose some some headway and some credibility if you go out and you get your clock clean. Yeah. So, uh, so go, going on to the next positive test, which yeah. we kind of hinted at a little bit earlier, <laughs> the man who looked like he went from kind of a mushy to being an Adonis in in a short time. Mm-hmm. And that would be former heavy, strike force heavyweight champion Alistair Overeem. And how, how about this? You know, you think about all the crap Lesnar takes. He lost that fight clean. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, you know, get popped. And he had diver, these bouts of diverticulitis. And then still, uh, Overeem wins, and he looks like a million bucks. And and who knows uh, what's going on there. So it's it's really uh, it's kind of disappointing when you think about it. And maybe Lesnar got a bit of a, an unfair shake there because to be that size, you know, it's, he didn't just start. He was on it back in Strike Force and probably going back to uh, Pride. Uh, well, I was going to say he. I believe as long as he's fighting in vegas he's getting tested every time and he just must have been but if you remember there was a load of monkey business before this where he's like oh i'm there back was, in, you're right yeah. back in denmark with my sick mom and, and keith kaiser was calling him for tests and he was stalling 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 and he was probably getting his system clean and uh you know but prior to that strike force king mo cyborg all these guys got popped so he must have been doing it for a while and just the testing body that was in charge of those strike force cards in Columbus, Ohio or wherever they all were or you know uh uh it's Vegas that's a Vegas fight wasn't Well they it? fought a lot in San Jose yeah. too but the Lesnar fight definitely was in Vegas because no. it was the New Year's card. Yeah, yeah. And he was giving Kaiser the runaround, and good for them. They they dogged him, and they popped him, and they said, hey, guess what, big fellow? We need some urine. And he said, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. And then from there, it was a, a whole different well, over. It's interesting because he was at a press conference March 27th with Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, Frank Mir, Roy Nelson, Antonio Silva, and him. 
and who's the only one to get popped for having elevated levels? Mm. Alistair Overeem. His yeah. ratio is 14 to 1. They say 6 to 1 is, is acceptable. And if you notice, Victor Conte, again, we're both big baseball lovers, is all popping off now, and he goes, oh, see, it should be 4 to 1, and now suddenly Victor Conte's in the conversation. I don't know how that works, but, yeah, he's saying 6 to one's too high. You know, I guess he's a freedom fighter in the vein of Jose Canseco now. He's trying to clean everything up, but... Yeah, it, it, 14 to 1 is, if you think about it, if you go with the 4 to 1 ratio, that's over 3 times. And if you go with the 6 to 1, it's almost 3. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and Roy Nelson came back. He had elevated levels of cholesterol and uh, Twinkie White in his system. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's, some, there's a lot of uh, Burger King secret sauce in here. What's going on? Yeah, yeah what's going on here, Roy? But, but uh, yeah, so Alistair Overeem, the guy who, you know, just... Killed Brock Lesnar in his last fight, and then you know, and then you know, and now he's and he's in the main event. Yeah. Boy, is Dana pissed! Oh yeah. But yeah. the thing is, is I guess this is the deal too. Is he's he's applied for a license to fight in Nevada, and the Nevada Athletic Commission uh, Kaiser's con- confirmed that he's going to have a. I think that they said April, was it April 23rd? I don't know, something like that. He's going to have a hearing. He's going to have a hearing. With enough time, in, in the, uh, you know, in the interest of fairness, but I think, I don't think he gets very far with this, because now, you know, if your mom's really sick and you're really taking care of her and, and you can't get to England, because they settled for that. He flew from, like, uh, you know, the Netherlands to England or something to supply a test. All that looks like funny business now, and it looks like you've been dirty for two to ten fights, you know, depending on how far they go back to the last time you got a test in Las Vegas. Yeah, so it's so, and you know what, honestly, look at him. Yeah. I mean, you see the pictures of him and what he used to look like and what, either, you know, I mean, is he that dedicated to training harder or is it just, you know, he's got a little help? Well, he looked like Carlos Newton back in the day, just skinny, 205, you know, whatever. And I remember on the special leading into the, the countdown, Alistair Brock, he was like, Oh, I, I, I get to eat more now, and I, I get to put up weight, and I'm eating horse meat, and whatever all that monkey business was, and uh, it just it all looks very suspect now. And you know, it stinks because he is such a big, charismatic guy. You know, um, great looking guy. He's in these LMFAO videos. Yeah, what the hell is that? Yeah, I, you know, and uh, I don't know, but now it's it just casts a shadow on a guy that's uh, 31 and otherwise would have still had a bright career ahead of him. I'm just, we're just curious now as to where it stands. I mean, obviously Dana is pulling him from the fight. Well, you know, and there's this big, um, online petition to get Mark Hunt to fight. Because Hunt's been rolling good. He's already got that fight with Struve, I believe, underneath. Yeah, he's on the undercard there, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, man. I mean, it, they'll try to probably jimmy another heavyweight fight in there because there's been a lot of, uh, you know, griping about that. Oh, it's all heavyweights. It's going to be over in 15 minutes. Well, you know, what, what are you going to do? It's like if you move Hunt up and I guess you replace him, then you get into all this stuff. Verdum's got a fight scheduled with Mike, uh, Mike Russo. Um, well, I've heard also Frank Mir, he deserves it. And, uh, Mir, of course. Like Dana came out and said, you know, we're going to see Velasquez and Mir, don't worry. I think that's the fight to have because it either clears Kane out as a competitor or it, it gives, uh, you know, a hiccup to the idea that Mir is rolling. I think that fight's got to happen. I think the the Hunt-Strew fight's got to happen. I mean, Del, uh, Del Rosario and Gonzaga are not moving either of those guys up. Well, Roy Nelson, give him a rematch. I think it'd be fun, but I think the purists would scoff after the Verdun. Fight um, and then the uh, the. Is there pro- any other heavyweights left? <laughs> uh, Travis Brown, Mike oh, Russell, Barnett. Bring Barnett in from Strikeforce. Well, that was the big thing. They said babyface Barnett or Daniel Cormier, and um, 
you know, the the pundits all got on, oh, Fedor, but Fedor has some fight scheduled with, you know, a, a box of socks or something in Norway. <laughs> I don't know who he's fighting, but, you know, that that sounds great on paper, but even that, a guy with a three-fight losing streak in Zufa, you know, getting a heavyweight bout. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. might as well bring in Tim Sylvia, who's been campaigning, or Ken Shamrock, you know. Sure, you know, I mean, but uh, yeah, that's a good question. We're gonna say, I guess maybe he'll just scrap it all together. I, I, I don't, man. It's so, and you know what? If somebody goes in there and does on a puncher's chance take out JDS, people are gonna go. He didn't have time to get ready for whoever he was getting ready for. You know what I mean? And it's gonna look awful. But how do you take the heavyweight uh, championship fight off that card? Uh, it's hard, especially with all the heavyweights on the card already. You know, and, and tickets have been sold by all rights. And you know, UFC fans won't. They could go back and go. Uh, excuse me, I paid for a heavyweight fight. My well, nine. Maybe they'll bring Brock Lesnar back for one more. It, it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with that, you know. Especially coming off the Overeem thing, that you know, big revenge factor. They said that Brock's kind of got soft since then. You know, I, I, he's been wearing a shirt every time we've seen him on WWE. So yeah, who a, knows, you know? And you know, with that all being said and done, that's what I was going to say is now it makes the loss Lesnar took not nearly as bad. Yeah. With the guy who's been, you know, juicing it for as long as he has been. And Lesnar's a guy, you know, if you remember his E60 piece where he, he punches the door off the wall, he's like, I've never tested dirty. You know, here's this pro wrestler guy, a guy you'd expect to be the clown, and the guy you'd expect to be all gassed up, and it's the purest and the, the fan favorite Overeem who was, you know, on the other end of things. And um, I just, uh, he's sort of, uh, right. You know, the guy coming back after two uh, bouts of diverticulitis, uh, having a good showings after a life-threatening illness, it, it, I think in history it'll, it'll be much more favorable for him. I'm kind of bummed that he, you know, the, the, that this happened now instead of maybe two months ago. Yeah. Because if it had happened two months ago, maybe Brock Lesnar's career in UFC wouldn't be done. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I, I'm kind of, and I'm not that I'm, I, I'm, I mean, it's nice to see him in WWE. I'm not going to say it's bad, but I like, I like following him in UFC better than I do because WWE, you know, I mean, I've already, I think what he's done on the WWE has kind of made me lose interest in him. Yeah. Because it's like he, he cut a promo on the, you know, and it's, and it's like, you know, I just I, I'm not excited about him anymore, you know. No, I mean, you know, and, and he also he he. he, he Screwed up in one punch with John Cena and cut his mouth up. Busted him up really good. Yeah, yeah. I'd much rather see him still fighting for real. Um, yeah, me too. You know, week one it was great, it was electric. But right, I, I'd rather see him fighting for real. And it's unfortunate because if we look back and we say this is the thing that cut his career short, it'd just be like uh, when uh, Marvin Hagler lost to uh, Leonard under suspect circumstances and walked away. Barry Sanders walked away at his prime. Because he couldn't get a contract done. These are the things we look back on and go, man, maybe we got robbed a little bit because of some monkey business. Yeah, and I bet you Lesnar's now kicking himself a little bit because I, you know, but I mean, he said he didn't want to be there anymore. Maybe it's his decision and that's enough. But I think that he, this is a time when they could use him, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it wasn't like a long fight he had with Overeem the first time, anyways. It was wham, bam, we're done, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he, uh, Lesnar, of course, has history with JDS. He, they were the coaches on the Ultimate Fighter when Lesnar went off, and they, and they were supposed to, yeah, and they were supposed to fight, yeah. you know? And we're never going to get that fight ever now, so. Then you got, like, Mr. The nicest guy in MMA versus the, you know, the 
baddest man on the planet drinking his Bud Light and crawling on his wife, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But don't make, no, next time you mention the beer, it's got to be the ones you're standing yeah. on, okay? <laughs> That's it. Don't, he, Stefan Struve will be in there putting over Grolsch. <laughs> it was bad. Very good stuff. Some backs. All right. Uh, one last piece of news before we go to break here again, and I, I'm just feeling the love, so I'm gonna what is love? go to go to break with a little hat away here. Uh, Bobby Lashley's fighting again. He's been two and zero since he lost to uh, what's his name, Charles Grieg, Chad Grieg, Chad Grieg. That's the, it. Yeah, the guy with the the, the, the mutton chops and the assistant firefighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so, he, but he's. They were talking for a while that Bobby Lashley was going to fight uh, Fedor. They were negotiating a fight, but he's fighting a guy named James Thompson, who you may know as a, the guy who beat Bob Sapp in his last fight. And, uh, of course, almost lost his ear against Kimbo, the big hump on CBS when it was Elite XC. That's yeah. right, that's right. And so, yeah, oh, yeah, that was gross. That was gross. So hey, Bobby Lashley might be able to finish that ear off. <laughs> and uh, we got to go to break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk UFC 145. We're going to give our thoughts on this this. Stack card. It's overhyped unbelievably, but it's worth it. You're listening to the Pod Clinic. I'm the Cash Man. I'm here with Murph, and we'll be back in just a second. How's it going, Alan? That's a great t-shirt. Where'd you get it? It's my Pain Clinic t-shirt, the official t-shirt of the Pain Clinic Pro Wrestling Talk Show. I got it off their webpage. How can I get one? Well, you go to feelthepain.net and click on the t-shirt link. It's going to cost you $20 with the shipping and handling included. Remember, go to feelthepain.net. Get your shirt today. They're going fast. Yes! Rock and load! Rock and load! Bring on the pain! One day while I was, I don't want to do this. What's that, Jose? I don't want to do this. I want to listen to the pod clinic. Every week, check, check out Murph and the Cashman on the pod clinic. You can subscribe to the pod clinic on iTunes or go to facebook.com forward slash pod clinic. Murph and the Cashman talk about the latest news in MMA, NFL, baseball, anything you want to talk about. It's the pod clinic. With Murph Alright, welcome back to the pod clinic. I am the Cashman here with Murph and a little bit of blind melon jelly. No, no, blind melon. No rain. Yeah. I don't understand. That's the, the dearly departed singer of this band who died of a heroin overdose, I believe, but Jim was best who? friend with with uh Axel Rose, who will, will not go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's probably because Shannon Hoon isn't there to put him in. He's all yeah. upset. Shannon Hoon in the beat. I read, I read the letter. Did you see the letter he wrote? It, it sounds like he's just all butthurt and doesn't want anybody getting any shine. He mentions everybody but Slash, yeah. you know, and he's like, well, I have no problem with Duff, and I have no problem with this guy. Uh, Steven Adler. Steven Adler, and I don't have a problem with this guy, but uh, we're, I'm not going to get together and play with them, you yeah. know, and it's like, I, I, he goes, I don't want to be in, because I don't want to be inducted. I don't want anyone to accept it for me. Yeah. I don't want my name mentioned. And, and like the, it, it's all put together. I guess Green Day's there to put him in, and and all the rest. Oh well, and you know it's a shame. You know they'll they'll probably go in. He'd probably go in if Buckethead were there. Put him. You remember the guy with the Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket on his head? At the, yeah, he played with. Uh, he was with Guns N' Roses, the, wasn't the, he? Right. That's like uh, it's like Foreigner without Lou Graham. It's like there's still Guns N' Roses, but it's just Axel and the traveling like Wilburys or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he uh, well, and, and I I still wouldn't mind seeing him. But the thing is, is he wrote this big long letter, and it's like you know, it's, 
And I, my wife, uh, you know, uh, posted on her Facebook, and I'm friends with her, and I read it, and I go, and I wrote, and I said, honey, I said, or I said, I said, Axel, that was very well written, but I remember a time when I saw you, uh, and Guns N' Roses play with Metallica at Ralph Wilson Stadium, and we had to wait three hours after Metallica was done for you guys to come out. Yeah. And you know, the whole time, that you were gone, all the people did was drink more and more, and then they had girls showing their boobies, pulling their shirts up and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and putting on the big screens. And then it got old after about, you know, I mean, you know, I'm there with my wife, first of all. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, of course I'm looking, but I mean, it's like it got old after a while. It's like, and then people were just kind of like losing interest, and then finally 11 o'clock at night comes around, and this is, I mean, the Metallica was on when it was still light out. Yeah. And uh, they come out, and I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I look, Guns N' Roses were excellent. I'll mm. say they were an excellent band, but they freaking played till like one in the morning. It was so late, and it's like, I was so angry that we had to wait for them to play, you know. And it was like, well, and I won the tickets on another radio station too, <laughs> by gargling "Sweet Child of Mine" on uh, on the Wheeze show. Okay, nice. Yeah, and I, then I picked them up, and someone knew me from like working in radio, and they, you know, then all of a sudden the commercials started running on the air. Nobody who works for the station or any other competing station <laughs> should yeah, win tickets in the market or the listening area. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, if you think about it, just the Axel stuff, it's just so epically. I think that was the same tour or the one before where he went home in Montreal because the guy started. Yeah, James Hetfield lit on fire. And that was like three days after this show in, yeah. in Buffalo. It's crazy. And it was like, I can't believe it happened that quickly, but it did. Like the first group of songs I remember were like, you know, um, Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, Patience. Uh, Paradise City. Paradise City. And then, of course, even like Something to Believe In, which was uh, Brett Michael, yeah. uh, Rock of Love, all that. And don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, so uh, that that's sort of my first group of songs, and like, um, don't tread on me. So yeah, it's 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 weird. Who knows uh, what comes of uh, Axel in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I, did they say what they're doing? Are they still putting in something, some semblance of Guns N' Roses? Well, I know that the rest of the guys from Guns N' Roses were planning on being there. Yeah, and I, I like the gist I got of it was Axel felt like they're trying to reunite us without my permission, and you know they're hoping we'll all get there and hug, and I, I don't know. At some point, you got to put your differences aside. Yeah, so you know we. Uh, and the, the thing is, is it's not going to ever happen as long as Axl Rose is alive, unless he unless he suddenly discovers Jesus Christ or whatever yeah. was the Lord. I mean, there's just too, obviously, like I said, it's between him and Slash because he didn't mention him by name once. Everybody else got mentioned by name. The funniest thing about Slash is if you ever watch the new Conan O'Brien show, they'll have things up there, and it'll be like. TeamCoco.com slash uh, where we messed up, and they put a picture of Slash instead of a Slash. Yeah. So you see him with, like, his top hat and his Jufro. And <laughs> I, I like Slash, man. You remember when he did Dirty Diana with Michael Jackson? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a talented guy. Hold on. All right, so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is coming up real soon, and, you know, there's lots of drama over that, and Axl Rose is being arrogant as ever. But, hey, you know what? We're here to talk about UFC and MMA and, you know, lots of other things as well. And let's really quickly, we got 145 coming up uh, about a week and a couple days. Yeah, a little over a week. Yeah, so we got one. And this is like, and I say, because they've had nothing to talk about for about a month now, this is becoming, slowly becoming the most overhyped UFC pay-per-view ever. And it's crazy, man, because, like, it, it goes so far back even, you know. I think it was probably a year since uh, this whole thing started, because uh, if you think back, this goes back prior to when Davis and Rashad were supposed to fight, and it wound up being Rashad and Tito. Yeah. So th- it goes back prior to that. 
And um, I honestly think that Rashad is definitely, um, at the very least, unnerving John Jones because if if you remember, like we were talking about earlier, there was this face-off show, and you're finally seeing John get a little bit upset, and usually he does the whole mellow yellow, like, I can't be bothered by yeah. this, I'm like water, I'm Bruce Lee. But, you know, you finally see him getting a little bit upset with what Rashad's saying to him, and... It all depends, and it's all coming down to their train, the guy they both trained with. Yeah, Greg Jackson. And Greg Jackson, how Greg Jackson, and, and Rashad's like, you know, he's like, you know, this started when I was there, not when you're there, and kind of Johnny Bones Jones is kind of taking over the leadership of the Greg Jackson, uh, was it called the Karate Academy or whatever? Uh, yeah, the Jackson, Jackson MMA out in Albuquerque. Yeah, and, and so, and Jackson, he's even been, you know, been mad because Rashad's been taking shots at, at what you know, and they do a lot of work with underprivileged kids uh-huh. as well as you know they train you know yeah and it, it's become a point of contention between these two guys. Well, you know, and the thing is, this is the premier gym in the United States in MMA. Folks will make arguments for Extreme Couture and you know some of the other uh, gyms all around uh, the world and, and the planet and uh, the universe, but it's uh, it, it is. And and the big thing is, Rashad goes, you know, it goes back to that thing you always hear team. Teammates don't fight, teammates don't fight, teammates don't fight. And he said, you know, Jackson brought him in, and he knew eventually we'd have to fight, and he's doing it again now with GSP and Condit. There's been no beef with GSP and Condit. And Dana White was always very against that. If you go back to, like, Koscheck and Fitch not fighting at AKA, Dana says, look at you know, we're going to have the top fighters in the world fight, and we can't have you walking around with the belt hoping, you know, that something comes of it or maybe you lose it so you don't have to fight your other opponent. You got the belt, you got to fight the best competition. And, right, Jackson, um, Coach Winklejohn, who's another uh, influential guy, Mike Winklejohn at Jackson, I guess finally convinced Jackson to go in and corner Jones because I don't know if he's he's saying, oh, I hope Rashad will come back someday or if it's just one of those pie-in-the-sky, like, trying to avoid a problem things. He wasn't even going to corner like they were still teammates. And, uh, of course, now he's decided to corner Jones. Yeah, and the thing is, it's it's all because of what Rashad's been saying. Yeah, and and you know the thing is, is is in, in the uh, the had had beat um, the um what's his name Anik. Oh, John Anik. John Anik has, has sit down with them. That's how you go to UFC dot com. Check it out. Where they discuss, you finally see where he, you know Rashad's just mad because he's not getting credit for anything he did. And I understand, you know, if anybody Johnny Bones Jones is fighting, Rashad is a guy I'm worried about. Honestly, realistically, like to be the man, you got to beat the man. But this is as close to a pick 'em fight as I've seen. Um, John does some amazing stuff, but. Who knows? You know, you always hear this stuff. It's like, I taught you everything uh, you know, but not everything I know from yeah. out of Rashad. And he is all upset, and he wants more credit for the gym. And I understand where he's coming from. Uh, it seemed like it was a little blown up in the first place because Jones did an interview with uh, Ariel Hawani on Versus, which doesn't even carry the sport anymore. And he said, I guess if we had to fight, we had to fight. He said something very innocuous like that, and Rashad came back with both guns. So maybe he was waiting for the slightest little bit of provocation to find a reason to fight Jones and break from the camp. But it's true, you know, it's the same thing with Koscheck recently leaving AKA. Who knows if these guys aren't getting their due and aren't getting their training. And You know, maybe they're being left on their own because they're the star pupil and they're not getting the, the input and the time they need. Yeah, exa- you know, exactly. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's just, see, I may say it's the most overhyped fight ever, but I'm so excited. For oh, yes. Yeah. And it's a six, there's going to be six fights on the card. Mm-hmm. It's becoming a regular thing in UFC. I think it's just because of too many five-card fights that end an hour and a half early. Yeah, right, like the Brazil. They had... um. 
a, a whole list of the quickest ending cards ever, and that Brazilian one wasn't even in the top five, which is beyond me. Yeah, I know, because that was like an hour and a half early. Yeah. It's not even midnight yet. What's going on? It was crazy. People in Brazil still had time to go home to their farm, pick some crops, and then go dancing. And with us, we were like, what the hell is this? It's 11 o'clock at night. We're getting to watch all the prelims for quite a while. Yeah. So we got, I'll start from the bottom and work our way up in the fights. We got Mark Bosek, I think it is. Oh, yeah. But, yep, yep. John Bosek. Alessio. And Alessio, yeah. Um, these are both a couple of guys that have sort of, uh, had, um, had some fights in, in the Fed. I, I would again call this one a, a probably a pick em. Um, Bocek is, uh, the more famous of the two for sure, but, uh, Alessio is no, no bum. And then, uh, yeah, next up, Featherweight Bout, Mark Hominick versus Eddie Yagen. Uh, Hominick, of course, is famous for two things. The evil <laughs> second head he grew, fighting Jose Aldo. Is it Featherweight? Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the, 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 what's the Uncle Creepy one they're going for? That's, uh, Fly. Flyweight, okay. Because I've seen that Mark Hominick has fought, uh, those guys before. Well, and this is the thing, too. It's with the, with these lower weight classes, there's a lot more reckoning of where guys are really supposed to be. Okay. Like, that's the whole Frankie Edgar argument, is he should really be down at 145, but because he's now competed so well at 155 and hung with some bigger guys. Because that's the thing they even say now about Nelson going to 205 is, yeah, he is a big guy and he's a heavyweight and he strikes well, but he'd get down there and the guys would be six inches taller and more athletic. So, you know, sometimes guys are reluctant to go down a weight class. Hominick, uh, of course, had uh, the also where he walked across the ring in Toronto, and I was there for it, and he got knocked out by the Korean zombie. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because the Canadian fans booed the bejesus out of the zombie, and I think it lit a fire under him. Yeah, and uh, of course, Hominick, being a Canadian, he yeah. fought on that last George St. Pierre card that was at the Dome there, too. Yeah, against Aldo, that's where he grew It's the funny, is there's, Rory McDonald was on that card, too, and he's on this one, too, so it's like, uh, and also Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. The next fight's Miguel Torres versus Michael McDonald and uh, for the bantamweight bout there and uh, Torres, you know, of course, has been relevant for such a long time. I mean, beyond what he did in the WEC, he had a nice career there. He was, of course, uh, fired for the rape bus tweet after the yeah. Forrest Griffin stuff, and now there's you know Rampage and his weird. I was gonna say King Mo. Remember, you can come back from pretty much anything. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I, I like McDonald, Michael, uh, and I like Rory, but um, Michael McDonald. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sweet. <laughs> what did we determine that was sweet freedom? Yeah, yeah sweet, sweet freedom. Good uh, You have to have Michael McDonald sing everything you said. What was? Did Will what was it? Did Will Ferrell do Will Michael Ferrell? McDonald? I don't on know. Saturday Night Live. I don't know, but it's from the Family Guy where they were. He, they, oh. they brought him in and he sang everything they said. Michael McDonald was one of those guys that was always like not right. Like he had a gray beard and dark hair, or a dark beard and gray hair. Like he reminded me of like Bob Seger's like um, lighter brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Bob Seger's uh, cleaner. You know, not uh, drinking and drugging brother. <laughs> well, Michael McDonald is fighting Miguel Torres. Both are Americans. Miguel Torres. The probably the more experienced of the two. But yeah, he'll probably get that one. I mean, the next fight up is a heavyweight bout. Heavyweight bout that won't be going to the next card unless maybe it will. Who knows? Now, Brendan Schaub versus Ben Rothwell. Yeah, and um, it's two guys sort of bouncing back. I think they hope for Schaub because Rothwell goes back to, you know, the days of Roy Nelson and the IFL. That's sort of where he first reached prominence. And then, of course, they had a couple fights on the affliction cards. I think this is more designed to be a make good for uh, Schaub. But Rothwell had, uh, you know, he's not a bum, and he's a, he's a good hand. And as we just saw with Tim Boach knocking out Yushin Okami, 
if you're a hand and you got a puncher's chance, and you know he trains with Duke Rufus up there in Milwaukee with Matt Mitrione and all those guys, and um, oh uh, Ben Henderson there, Anthony Pettis, uh, yeah. Pettis up at Duke Rufus's. Uh, I think Rothwell has a chance, but I think it's a make good for Shab. All right. Uh, the next fight, of course, Michael McDonald's older Canadian brother, or younger <laughs> Rory McDonald. Rory. The Canadian, and is taking on Che Mills. Yeah, you got to go with Rory until you can't. I mean, he's one of these guys that's sort of the natural, too. Um, of course, lost to Condit, I believe, a while ago, but hasn't since, and he's an up-and-comer, and I think he's all at 23 years old, and just great things expected from him. Not that, you know, Che Mills is a you know bag of leaves, but, um, yeah, I'll definitely go with uh, McDonald in this one. All right, and that leads us to the main event, the fight that's been two years in the making. Rochester's own Johnny Bones Jones, Rochester or wherever he says he says he's from Rochester, but he trains out of Endicott, New York. Born in Rochester, raised in Endicott or something like that. So yeah, well, whatever. I mean, everybody represents Johnny Bones. Taking on Rashad Evans, Niagara Falls own, and I believe Grand (laughs) Island too. He's yeah, you know. And the interesting thing is, is they like we've said before, they've grown up within like an hour of each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is, this, this is a, the heartbeat of the UFC right now, this area we live in. It's great, man. I, I'm all about it. Anytime you can have some local interest and, of course, even just on a political standpoint to get the sport legal in the state to say, hey, look, you had all these guys that are from here or that trained here. You know, even going back to Matt Sarah and Phil Veroni representing Long Island and Brooklyn or whatever the case is. And you got guys like Koscheck who trained wrestling here. Um, What's his name? Who's the uh, the one who doesn't fight for UFC anymore? Was in TNA for a short time doing Kurt Angle. Oh, oh, oh um, man, he was he was acting just like Kurt Angle all the time. Oh, what the heck is his name? Oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but it, regardless, you know, it's it's a lot of guys from uh, from New York State, and it's great to see, and it's great to see two New York State guys on top of the card, even though they both. Relocated to, you know, uh, what's that old Boca Raton? I think that's where uh, Rashad's living and John's out in Albuquerque. But you're from where you're from, and it's great. Uh, without a doubt. You know, and I'll, we might as well throw out our predictions for this fight. Sure. I mean, this is, I think this is not going to be settled in, in three rounds. Maybe, maybe uh, a stoppage in the fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'll go with that. I mean, um, or. I could so hard to say that it could go to decision. You know, most of Rashad's fights do, and most of Jones's don't. Yeah. Um. And you know, it, it depends on if if Rashad, if he really has John's number and he can get him to fight angry, it, it's another story. But um, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go chalk on that. I'll I'll say a finish in the fourth. Okay. And you you think it's going to be uh, Johnny I, Bones Jones? I say it's Jones, but you know what? I'm not going to put myself out there to where i got to eat crow and say Rashad has no chance of anybody that Jones has fought. Rashad has the best chance. And, and, and I, I, you know, there's, there, I guess apparently it, the odds are pretty close. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, you can, you probably can make uh, some good money if you, if you bet on uh, Rashad. And, and listen, I, I, I doubted Rashad. I was always a doubter. And, yeah. I, and, then, and then his last two fights, he's, you know, he's done great. Phil Davis, he took him apart. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, and you look at it, too. Outside of this sheltered area where it's like, you know, it's the baby Joe Macy phenomenon who was a, a nice up-and-coming boxer out of Buffalo, and everybody loved baby Joe Macy. Here, everybody loves John Jones. You get 
two clicks north or east or south or west, and they hate him. They think he's kind of overconfident. They think he's doing this faux karate kid bull crap. Up in Toronto, three-fourths of the people hated him. Granted, it's a more international city, and there were a bunch of Brazilians there from a cheetah. One got a beer on his head. But, you know, they actually, it was one to four as far as uh, who was actually rooting for Jones. Yeah, and, and which you know, and you know, because we're biased in being upstate New York, we love them. But you know, I we talked with Dave Melters a couple of weeks ago, and Dave was saying that you know, there's he's not he he's he's the next best thing, but he's not getting the fans for mm-hmm. some reason. He's not draw, and the thing and the interesting thing about that is is uh, he's the he's the number one guy. So I mean, is he, you know, is he gonna is he gonna turn like into Rampage and become a heel, you know, kind of like a heel UFC guy. Or another comparison, he could become like A Rod, too, too good, too young. The fans will turn on him because he, he's he's full of himself. You know, um, you see a lot of Jones's stuff, and he, he it's like with uh, Jackson saying, "Now go over and make sure Machida's okay." It's like everybody else is over there, you know, stroking the guy in the back of the head, saying, "Oh, hey, buddy, you all right?" And Johns is over in the corner, sort of styling and profiling. You know, it might be too young, too quick. It was a knock on Tommy Hearns back in the day. You know, it's like, "Oh, I've arrived," and it's like, "Yeah, you're going good," but man, you know, people will root for your downfall if you're. A little too full of yourself, and you believe you're the second coming of Jesus. True, true, and I mean, and you know, he's got, uh, he's got a lot. Yeah, you know, I mean, but you know, with the way that Dana babies him, I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, we learned a lot in the last couple of months about how the UFC works, and one of the things is is how if you are uh, on, uh, if you if you're one of those guys being nurtured by Dana White, you get treated very very well in that company. And you notice he um, for a while it was oh GSP's the best pound for pound back when F- there was the argument with Fedor when he hadn't lost, and then it was Silva's the best pound for pound. Now if you watch TMZ, which you know I'm man enough to say if it's on, I'll stick with it. You see them like catching Dana White outside of bars and clubs, and they're like. Who's the best guy? You guys, oh, John Jones, hand down, no doubt, he's the best ever. So right, Dana's very on board with it, and uh, you know maybe he'll be the um, the brilliant, awesome uh, guy that thinks he's maybe he's Rocky Maivia, and maybe he does need a, a heel run down the road where he just starts going. I don't care about you guys because it worked for Koscheck, and even Rashad gets booed when he's not fighting Jones. That's true. He gets booed when he's in the ring. Uh, why? That's a question most of the time. But uh, or sorry, not the ring, the octagon. The octagon. Don't want to get. Don't want to confuse it. But uh, Frank Trigg. Oh, Frank Trigg, Twinkle Toes Trigg. Yes, of course, from Kendall, which is yeah. the guy that was closest to us before Jones. Uh, you know, yeah. So Frank Trigg. He went to went to high school. My kids go went to he Twinkle went to, Toes. He went to Eastridge for a short time, and then he moved out there. But yeah. He, that's a guy who was another guy from around here who kind of made his name in the Rochester area as a UFC fighter. Absolutely, and you know what? It's like the Rochester area. I mean, it's it goes all the way. You know, there's the city, of course. There's this argument anywhere else. But, you know, Rochester, as far as the market, you know, all the way up to Hilton and, and Bath and Canandaigua and all these spots, you're still sort of in Rochester as far as the market. So I go by that being a radio guy, and Trigg was definitely a Rochester guy. And he's actually still fighting, just not for UFC. He yeah he's he's a guy that's got some nice fights in him but he'll never have a big run on top again he sort of had that one where he did fight Koscheck I believe and yeah it's 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 over for him but he was a guy that was a little ahead of his time because if you watch the Pride stuff we got now on Fuel back when uh, it was on syndicated it was on um, like Fox Sports and that and stuff it was Trigg and it was Jay Glazer doing all the commentary so he was another guy like Mir who could do and Bonner who could fight nice. 
do good commentary, have a personality. A couple things you can't teach. You can't teach a guy to be tough. You can't teach a guy to be brave. You can't teach a guy to have a personality, and he definitely had a personality. And he almost was a TNA wrestler, almost. too. He was pretty close if he had gotten over a little bit. But I'm looking at some of his fights. He lost to Matt Hughes, but he beat Dennis Hellman twice. Yeah. Lost to Matt Hughes twice, of course. George St. Pierre he lost, too. He lost to Carlos Condé, but he beat Jason Miller. Yeah. Lost to Robbie Lawler. So, I mean, he, he's fought. Josh, he lost to Josh Kotzchek and Matt Sarah. Well, he hung in some of those fights, so I'm sure some of those were unanimous, or, you know, split decisions. And he's definitely, um, uh, 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 not even, you know, for, for the fans going back to the original days and, and sort of way back, he's definitely part of the lexicon, Frank Trigg. So uh, this is a healthy area for UFC, and with the news we hear about maybe legalization happening sometime this year. It's so stupid, and it's such bureaucracy, and it has more to do with the, uh, you know, the, the caterers union than anything else because you see boxing, you see Muay Thai, you see wrestling, you see, I'm sure there's jujitsu exhibitions in the state. And it's just don't put them all together in one bowl, you know, because the yeah. Fertitas, uh, you know, shorted somebody's cousin in Las Vegas on a catering bill or something. It's such bureaucracy and bullcrap. Well, we hope that that remedy that soon and we'll hopefully we'll bring it to you if you want. If you, uh, if you, when, when it happens, I mean, it's going to be an exciting day. And I, and I hear more people are, guys, I've personally, see, we're new, I'm a lifelong New Yorker, you're a lifelong yep. New Yorker. I've written my, um, my representatives in the New York State le- Legislature, and one of the guys who I wrote, trying to explain, you know, some of the reasons why, actually has now supported the bill to legalize it. So yeah. I'm feeling you know, good because, you know, he's my representative, and he went from being against it to being for it. So And all it takes is a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of common sense because it, it, a lot of the politicians got that human cockfighting thing stuck in their head, and if you're like, no, it's not this, and no, people don't die, and no, 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 they go, okay, yeah, it makes sense. You know, more people get messed up, proper messed up by boxing than MMA. Without a doubt, and that's what his whole rationale was behind it, and how you know it's as safe as any of the exhibitions that we were talking about, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, because there are. I mean, there's been. I remember there's a tournament at uh, Main Street Armory here in Rochester where they had Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Well, the guys are going out there trying to kick each other. What's the difference? Right. right? It's probably even more deadlier because of the precision you know that they have in that sport, especially the best. Well, you know? and you look at. I'm sure there's karate ones in town, and look at Machida knocking Katur out with a kick, and and Silva used the same one. They oh, yes. all learned it from karate master Steven Seagal. <laughs> Thank goodness Steven Seagal's backstage there, giving everybody tips. Thank God for a, for a Jewish guy who thinks he's Japanese and who talks to Brazilians. He's the one man UN. Yes, and Johnny Bones Jones said no. Nah, I don't need to talk to you. <laughs> no thanks, there, Chief. <laughs> no thank you. Well, we're gonna well, let's why don't we talk a little bit about baseball before we yeah. wrap this up. You know, baseball started this past week. It's exciting. It's uh, it's it's kind of weird the way it started this year because there was two games in the middle of week and a half before that were in Japan, right? And because there were some prominent Japanese players playing for those teams, it made it even better. But it was like almost a week after the games were done that, that actually the regular season started. Yeah, and you know, the, I think we've been doing that for a while. I think the Yankees opened up over there. Well, you're a big Yankee. Yeah, fan, yeah, they did they? a couple of years ago. I remember that, but it was closer to the actual real starting and, date. And there were no exhibition games in the middle. They didn't go back to cactus games and nope. stuff like that. No. And, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's a little bizarre. And I mean, I guess for years and years, the first game ever was in Cincinnati, which is beyond me. I followed the Reds pretty close when I was a kid because I had an uncle out there. But uh, I'm I'm already excited and having fun with it on both levels, on the major league level and then uh, on Triple A. Did you go to the home opener? I didn't. The Red Wings? No, but you know what? Probably um, the the I, I might go tomorrow, and then also the Yankees. And you know that Yankees thing, like they're floating, their AAA team is floating, and they're sort of based in Rochester, but they're also playing in Syracuse, Buffalo, and Lehigh Valley. They and got Batavia, home, too. And Batavia, yeah. uh, which is a little weird. But I guess, uh, you know, the big thing is to try to catch Pettit when he's here. Pettit's definitely down here. So there's a couple guys who are down here. There's uh, Pettit, uh, Chavez is up with the Major League team. But there's some players that I saw. Oh, uh, second baseman. Uh, what was his name? I watched I saw a lot of them in the preseason, too. Oh, oh, uh, oh. Um, yeah, not, man, I want to say Andy Chavez, but that's so wrong. Um, is a, uh, he, well, he was a former major leaguer who was, who, uh, Robbie Harris or something like that or Harris. yeah maybe maybe but you know it's it, it's always that same uh, weird like good start by the Orioles too that happened last year you remember they were going great guns and then uh, they got all turned around and now they had a nice what fourteen inning game was it last night or the night before with the Yankees yeah oh yeah yeah it was uh, twelve I think well yeah yeah. And uh, you Darvish and all these subplots, uh, Cepedes, the the Cuban guy who did well in that Japanese series. But yeah, the A's and the uh, the Mariners always have a glut of Japanese players. And uh, the A's doesn't make as much sense to me as uh, Seattle, which has a bustling Japanese population. Yeah. And, and Ichiro and going all the way back, you know, in the day to whoever. But um, yeah, you know, a nice start by the Diamondbacks. The Mets sort of got off to a weird good start in a in a strong, strong division. Yeah, that I think that might be the best start we see from all the whole year from them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because they 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 have you know, but it's fun watching like you know you're seeing some of these guys like Strasburg pitch for the Nationals. We're gonna get a full season of him now after his in major injury. We're gonna see some new players you know come in. Uh, Take you know take their spots that you know that are more than open for them to be you know you know great players like uh, the catcher for the Giants who got oh hurt. yeah 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 um, uh, Bucky Posey. Sanchez yeah and Buster Posey Buster Posey and then Bryce Harper they're teaching to be a center center fielder out in Washington yeah which is a little beyond well we'll see him with say whenever Syracuse yeah. actually he was on he played two games against the, the our local Red Wings already uh, the, earlier this season and uh, yeah you know we'll get we're gonna get a lot of um. You know, I'm kind of ex- I'm really kind of excited because uh, you know my my son's uh, interning with the Red Wings, and so it means I'll probably be going to a few games. I would think, mm. um, you know, as long as he, he his old man can get a ticket. You know? Dude, <laughs> I I you know I was uh, listening the other day, and Dan Mason, who's our GM, was on the radio. They had something. You got two nice seats and all you could eat for thirty five bucks or something like that. All you can eat, yeah. Ballpark prices, you figure that if you get a, a dog, some chili, and and a beer, that's already probably twenty five. So ten bucks more, you can go three times or four times or whatever you want. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely like that. But no, it's it's just a great time of year. And I remember when I was uh, you know actively working in radio, I just looked forward to it because I could literally jump out of work, go watch the game, and then come back because we literally had a presence there and was getting paid to watch a baseball game. That's <laughs> so nice. It's pretty neat. But, yeah, we'll definitely try to swing over and catch that Yankees opener. Maybe I'll, I'll call Dan because he's a, he's a buddy. So. Very cool. I would love to. Uh, yeah, you know I'll go more, more in a few, but I definitely want to go to the Yankees, the the quote-unquote Yankees, Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, the Empire State Yankees. Yeah. 
uh, I'm definitely going to catch a few of them because I definitely want to see, you know, uh, some of the guys. You know, I mean, we always, you know, always was the the most well, our uh, most well drawing team that would ever come to town. So well, I thought it would do well too, but yeah, the Yankees always, whenever they were in town, you know, you'd see Kiyagawa, who was supposed to be Daisuke's equal. You know, you'd see Kiyagawa down here for 15 years, but. Yeah, it's definitely. A, oh, Jack Cuss is playing with Scranton Wilkes. Is he really? Yeah, he, he's and Chris Dickerson. Chris Dickerson. I okay. saw him. I saw him on a couple of the preseason games. They must have let the guy who was playing second base go. Uh, can't remember his name. It was. Uh, I remember who you're talking about too. It's like, man, it must be. There must not be enough oxygen in this room today. This is the second <laughs> time we blanked after the trigger. Oh, thing. Russell Brangen's playing for him too. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, Andrew Jones, Raul Abanez. They got some. Well, no, those guys are both up in the majors, but. They got some nice guys with some MLB experience. All right. Well, let's wrap this up on this because oh, Jamie Moyer too, fifty years old. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, that means someone who's older than me actually still playing. So got to be inspirational. We'll be back. We'll be. I think our next one will be back post one forty five, and if that's so be it, then we will uh, we'll be able to break that down a little bit and see what if we were right or wrong about what we thought. Let's see. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Don't forget to tell your friends. Join, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pod clinic as well as twitter.com forward slash pod clinic. Is that any surprise? No. And if you're a radio, a radio guy and you want to put us on the air, you know, contact us through the, uh, through our Facebook page because yeah. we're, we, we could do this on the air for hours. And we, hours. we absolutely could, but sign us up. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll even go to sales events and uh, <laughs> shake babies and kiss hands. All right. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>